0: Now, menopause isn't something that I'm likely to experience, but it is something that half of our audience is going to go through, or have gone through, and the other half will observe. And since it's going to impact your marriage, we might as well be smart people and make sure we're prepared for it.
1: The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to OYF.support. Once again, that website is OYF.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever.
0: Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, even in this stage of life, we have the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. So we have an episode that may trigger a hot flash for you this week. (laughs) That's terrible. Sorry. This is episode number 142, and today we're going to be talking about menopause.
2: Hey there. Before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we talked about porn-proofing your marriage. And in today's pornified world, that's a topic that's relevant to all of us. So make sure you hit the subscribe button too, so you don't miss any upcoming shows.
0: And as always, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound, research-based advice for every stage of marriage. And most of all... We offer hope. Mm. Let's talk about menopause, Verlinda. Okay.
2: Something that neither of us have a lot of experience with. No. But Will, one day...
0: Yes. Early on in my internship, I had this lady and she's like, I need help. And she was going through menopause. And then I was like, okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> 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 and then like a few sessions later, she showed up. She's like, I found the answer. And she holds up menopause for dummies. And uh, she never came back after that. <laughs> Okay. Good times. Mm -hmm. All right. So a survey of over 300 midlife women showed a significant negative correlation between marital satisfaction and menopause symptoms. As symptoms went up, satisfaction went down.
2: Wow. Okay.
0: So, but it's not all doom and gloom here. So just, just stay with me. Okay. Okay. So they noted a correlation also between menopause symptoms and feelings of anger and depression as symptoms went up, anger and depressive symptoms increased too. Wow. Okay. So, which is really interesting. I think that's about the frustration of- maybe going through some of this? I don't know.
2: Well, your hormones are all out of whack and everything too. Right. Like everything is in upheaval.
0: Right. So these are these may be symptoms of the symptoms.
2: Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, I see. Okay. So however
0: and this comes out in just a second here. So, just stay with me like I said. They did note that married women reported less feelings of depression than non-married, suggesting that marriage guards against those feelings of depression, which fits with other research that we've covered. I seriously, we have a dude hammering in the background here. <laughs> Okay, folks, we're recording this live from Quebec. We're going to keep going. (laughs) So they noted that, what was I saying?
2: Married women report less of these feelings than non-married women.
0: Okay, thanks for nailing that. (laughs) Sorry, bad pun. And it fits with other research we've shown that shows that good marriages offer resilience against the changes of life which is a really cool thing. But the yeah. quality of your marriage is key, right? So if you're listening today and you're not yet menopausal, or your wife isn't, then <laughs> you're not likely to be, buddy. Just just letting you know, okay? That's another reason to work on your marriage. Just, so... I think
2: that men do hit menopause. It's called a midlife crisis. And they go out and they do something wild and crazy. I think that's the- For like, Linda, the, our, our, the
0: of strength of our show is that it's research-based.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there's some research out there for that.
0: Okay, so-
2: Sorry, what were you talking about?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> Oh, yes, the quality of the marriage is key, right? Okay. So, this is another reason to work on your marriage. So, because when you have a strong, healthy, happy marriage, it's resilient to these challenges that come up. Okay. And listen to a quote from this research study Women in dissatisfying marriages, characterized by less social support, less depth, and higher conflict, reported increased stress and more menopausal symptomatology than women did in satisfying marriages. Wow. Yes. So the effects of and the experience of menopause was stronger than for women with satisfying marriages. Because now this is satisfying because now your marriage quality is impacting your menopausal symptoms. Like we started off actually talking about the opposite of that, which is your menopausal symptoms are impacting your marriage quality.
2: Yeah. But now we're
0: saying that the converse is also a reality.
2: Yeah. Do you know what's terrible, though, is I'm going through all these women that I know have gone through menopause. And it's like, oh.
0: Careful, they may be listening.
2: Well, no, but I'm thinking like, okay, they had really bad symptoms. Does that mean their marriage is not very good?
0: Oh no, not necessarily. Okay, like it's different strokes for different folks based on your biology, right? Your genes. So a
2: lot of it is biology. It's not like a good marriage can eradicate all of it.
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, but it's it's almost more, and it's not like it's your. Think about it this way too: it's your experience of those symptoms. Are they drastic, mm-hmm. horrible? devastating, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm I'm thinking that based on the research and what we're showing, if you come from a healthier marriage, a more vibrant marriage, it's not as huge of a consequence. Okay. You know what I mean? The impact is, is less by some degree. Okay. Or mitigated. Why do you mitigate? Mitigated. Oh, mitigated. Yeah. Okay. So... All interesting stuff. Now, if her husband's listening today, we've created a bonus guide. It's available to our patrons. If you'd like to learn more about how to support your wife during this phase of life, we have done the research for you. You can get this by becoming a patron of the marriage podcast for smart people. And we'll just take a quick 60 second break here to tell you more about that.
1: What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support.
0: So you're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about how menopause impacts marital satisfaction, but it also impacts one's sex life.
2: Which can also impact marital satisfaction.
0: Can do. So menopause produces changes in a woman's body, which may also decrease the enjoyment of sex. Issues such as reduced libido, difficulty orgasming, and dryness in the vagina. And yet these do not necessarily have to lower sexual satisfaction or the quality of your sex life. It merely Mm -hmm. becomes another life transition that couples go through and can learn to successfully navigate. So it doesn't have to be the end of your world. Just kind of follow me here, right? So these two uh, researchers in 2001, they interviewed uh, 304 women aged 35 to 65. They noted that menopause predicted higher rates of sexual dysfunction. Okay. So they did observe that. Such as inability to orgasm, reduced desire, and so on. Mm-hmm. But sexual satisfaction and frequency were better predicted by age than by menopause status, meaning that yes, complications came in, but it didn't necessarily derail sexual satisfaction and enjoyment. For some, it was getting better as they got older. Oh. And to understand this, we have to look at how couples going through this phase of life are facing the potential challenges of menopause, right? So another study interviewed 30 women about their sex lives post-menopause and found that few women focused on menopausal changes when they discussed their sex lives. Really? Yes. Issues like relationship quality, communication, willingness to change sexual activities were more important. Many women with lower sexual satisfaction after menopause state that this is due to their husband's reaction. For example, really? yeah, for example, him complaining about vaginal dryness or getting frustrated when the wife uh, his wife didn't want to have sex because it was painful.
2: Right. So his reaction to those problems right was more of an issue for her than the actual symptoms themselves. Right. Well, that makes sense.
0: Which is starting to come back to a communication issue. Uh, See that?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So here's, here's a quote from these researchers. These accounts suggest that some women continue to enjoy their active sex lives regardless of menopausal changes because they communicate openly with their partners and change the ways they have sex. Hmm. Focusing on activities other than intercourse, recognizing that it can take longer to orgasm, and using lubricant to compensate for dryness are all strategies that postmenopausal couples used to still enjoy sex.
2: Okay. So, you so don't, communication.
0: Yes. And just like anything else in life, acknowledging the realities and adapting, adjusting, experimenting, just learning ways to accommodate to the new reality. Yeah. So you wow. can either take, when these changes happen, right? It's, it's kind of a typical marriage thing. You can either take it personally or you can choose to face them with maturity, with compassion and explore your way through this new phase of life. That's the point again.
2: So are you talking about the husband here?
0: Like it's taking both. these
2: things personally? It's both. Well,
0: the husband can take it personally. Yeah. Or, but even she could take it personally. Like if it's drier for him and he doesn't, sorry, if she if she is not as lubricated, it's drier. Yeah. It's less pleasant for both of them, right? Yeah. And then maybe he backs off a little bit because he's worried about hurting her, but he's never vocalized this. She's experiencing rejection. rejection. Nobody's oh, talking about this.
2: Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. All
0: these things can come into play. Okay. So one thing to keep... In mind, though, I think as well for us husbands is that our wives are also facing a change in perception of attractiveness as they age, like their own perception. Okay. So another study showed that women's perception of their own attractiveness decreases with age, or it reported that, although that was not directly linked with menopausal status. That was with age. Right. Okay. But the lower self-rated attractiveness predicted lower sexual satisfaction and less sexual activity. Higher perceived attractiveness was linked to increased. this is of self, was linked to increased sexual desire, higher rates of orgasm, and greater frequency of sex. So your perception of your own attractiveness as a middle-aged or maturing woman is Mm -hmm. critical. Wow. And in episode 88, we went in depth on how your body image impacts sexual functioning. So we don't need to rehash that here, but you are the determinant of your body image. And that plays a key role in this part of life too, your perceived body image. And that becomes very important here.
2: Right. Huh.
0: Interesting, eh? Hey? Very interesting. So, and then there's uh, the issue of menopause and well-being. So the other thing to keep in mind is that well-being plays a role in menopause and by extension, your marriage then as well. So rates of well-being, we just mean, mean your overall, overall general sense of well-being as a woman, right? Okay. So rates of depression are high among midlife, as in fourth and fifth decade women. High levels of menopause symptoms can lead to decreased mental well-being and lower perceived quality of life. Mm. Uh, However, a study from 87 found that higher depression rates were not always due to biological changes for menopause, but were most often predicted by having multiple roles and causes of worry, such as holding a full-time job while looking after adolescent children, aging parents, and physically ailing husbands. Okay. You see see what's going on here? Like we can make menopause kind of the whipping boy of everything that's going on and fail to recognize that the number of challenges we have on our plates has vastly increased because of this phase of life. It's the ultimate sandwich stage, which we talked about a few episodes ago, right? Okay,
2: when you've got the kids at home, your parents need your care.
0: Yes, you got a lot going on and you're trying to maintain a full-time job, right? Yeah. You might be trying to finish paying some things off.
2: I would be very curious as to... Like the hormonal effects as well as... On mood? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can't speak to that. Yeah. But when you have all this going on, maybe you start to lose time for self-care, for showing even just healthy compassion for all that you have to carry through this phase of life.
2: Right. Or even like healthy eating or activity. Right. You know, like it's, you're so busy, you just grab something and...
0: Yes. You're just going, right? Yeah. Now... The good kind of news, flip side of that, not to put pressure on, but is that there are things you can do, right? If you maybe just stopping, realizing that all this is happening and realizing, you know what, I need to take better care of myself if I'm going to get through this in Mm -hmm, one piece. mm -hmm. So a study by Alvaski and Macaulay in 2004 found that physical activity such as yoga and walking reduces the severity of menopausal symptoms and improves mood and physical well-being or psychological well-being. Another study showed that remaining physically active can reduce the perceived severity of menopause symptoms and help retain good physical health. Interesting. So we can respond and choose self-care and choose to find ways to show compassion and care for ourselves in the part of this life that can offset the impacts of some of these issues. Yeah. And then, of course, stress is a significant issue. It seems to amplify the menopause thing a little bit. So And menopause increases the cardiovascular response to stress. Okay. So the way your heart system and your blood flow... Like your fight
2: or flight kind of
0: no, thing? Just blood, just the cardiovascular response. So that part of your body, that response increases. It gets larger during menopause. And those menopausal symptoms also are exacerbated by life stresses, including like marriage stress amidst others. Mm-hmm. And then menopause makes the stress worse. And now you have a cycle, like you're kind of spiraling here. Okay. So... So menopause can increase the your body's response to, to stress distress. and stress can increase your menopausal symptoms.
2: Oh my dear.
0: That's what we're saying.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: So stress amplifies menopause, menopause amplifies the body's response to stress. Now we have a cycle. Okay. So this is a real challenge, right? Yeah. Just to be aware of. And all the more reason if possible to really sort of stop and think about the self-care you can do. Okay. Okay. But it's good to know, Verlinda, that in the midst of this challenge, that marriage can also be a buffer against stress, right? And again, this is something that we've said before. Yeah. So here's a quote from some researchers from 2005. Supportive relationships in which couples demonstrate care and concern, affection, helpfulness, and sensitivity toward one another appear to provide a buffer against emotional distress for each other.
2: That is just amazing. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So again, this is where, you know, being kind of stepping up as a husband, you can help your wife as she goes through this experience, right?
2: Right. Because as those women said at the beginning, it was their husband's response to their symptoms right. that drove the depressive right. symptoms and all that.
0: Right. Huh. So even though, and I think that's critical because even though it's a new experience, right, mm-hmm. it's the same skills that you've always been using that come into play.
2: The same like communication skills. Yeah, and communication, compassion.
0: affection, helpfulness, sensitivity. Oh, that's empathy, so right? sweet. Right. And of course, like we mentioned a little bit, the biological side of things, sexual difficulties that can arise, depressive feelings. Um, there can be increased reactivity to stressful events. These are all normal responses for this period of life. But relationship factors, again, have a strong influence on in all these variables as well. So again comes back to create that thriving, passionate marriage and know that you can lean on that in times of change. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: So it's just like, it's so important that we create a strong marriage so that we do have that in place for this time of life, right? right? Here's a good quote. The less from researchers, the less satisfying the marriage, the less perceived social support and depth, and the more perceived conflict in the relationship, the more and the more distress related to self, husband and family, the more menopausal symptomatology record reported. It's just saying like the less satisfying your marriage is, the more cascading effects you are.
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: You don't see yourself as being supported as well. You think that there's more conflict and you have more distress about yourself, your husband, your family, and you have more menopausal symptomatology reported. Wow. All from starting into this with a less satisfying marriage. So doing whatever you can to strengthen your marriage during this time is great.
2: Right. Or
0: beforehand even. Yes. Beforehand, if you, if possible. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. I really hope this is an encouragement to all of us to create that marriage that is thriving and resilient and strong and that. Cause so that you have that as something that acts as a buffer against challenges like this, like menopause.
2: Mm-hmm. All good? good. Yeah.
0: Is there anything you wanted to say on top of all that, maybe?
2: No, I don't think so. Okay. I just think it's fascinating though, that like marriage can even out, stabilize. Yes. I can't remember the right words for it, but.
0: Act as a buffer.
2: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool.
0: Okay. We'd like to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. We had two new patrons join us, Lee and Lane. So thank you so much for becoming patrons. Thank you so much for your help in making this podcast possible. You and um, the others of who have been part of our list of patrons and supporters mm-hmm. for some time now, we sincerely appreciate all that you do to help us. With the production of our podcast, getting it out there, reaching as many marriages as possible, we're happy to report that in May, we had another record-breaking month. So the podcast does continue to grow and we are continuing to reach more and more marriages and we couldn't do this without you. So thank you. Thank you all so much. Next week, Caleb. Next week for Linda, we're talking about when introverts marry extroverts. Really? Yes. Seriously? Oh, yeah.
2: This is going to be interesting.
0: Yes. The introvert and the extrovert talk about when... (laughs) Introverts marry extroverts.
2: Why don't I pretend to be the introvert next week?
0: Yeah, good luck with that. All right, what? I could. I don't think so. You have to tell all sorts of people about it, then you'll be back in extrovert mode. That's true. Yeah. So that's all for today's episode. Did you want to wrap this up?
2: No, no, you go ahead. I'm being an introvert over here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Start your timers, folks. Oh, never mind.
2: You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 142. That's 142. Find out how you can help us support marriages. Go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The
1: Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oif.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.